It's time to get weird with Warden. Yo, what up, y'all? This is Warden, and you're tuned in to another episode of Getting Weird with Warden. Uh, this week's guest is a good friend of mine, Sarah Bortis. Uh She's an amazing writer, uh, feminist, uh, philanthropist. Uh, she runs a blog called uh, Kiss My Angelus. Um, this is a dope-ass uh, fucking episode, if you, especially um, help, she helped TZ and I understand feminism more and what it means to her and um, how she got involved in it, and it's it, it, this was just fucking awesome, so I'm not going to talk anymore, uh, just... Get ready to listen to Sarah Bornis. Let's keep it weird. Bye. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Because I'll be doing this yeah. a lot to make this try and work. Good are for you. Are you the? He's that guy. How long has your podcast been around for? You've I don't know. It's very like uh, not regular. Yeah. No, that's all right. That, I think... Oh, that would have been a great place for a period joke. Is this an appropriate <laughs> yeah, place? Yeah, you can. For... Oh, yeah. You can do period <laughs> oh, jokes. I'm so ready to hear everything. We can, you we have can to do say it right all. Dude, this we is can... going to be great. We oh, yeah, can talk about eating placentas because that is a thing. It is a thing. It Fucking is a thing. God, I, was... I don't know if I do it. I might I do know. it. Really? It de- depends on whose placenta. <laughs> <laughs> but because, okay, Austin was telling me how he was listening to the last podcast episode of mine where I had a doula mm-hmm. on, and she's also a placenta encapsulator. Uh, so. Can you explain to me what a doula is real quick? Okay, a doula is like a birthing coach. Like, they're not a midwife, but like, you know, back in the day or whatever, it was very tribal, you yeah. know, so yeah. old, women, female elders would help. So a doula, like, has been there numerous times, is really good at um, labor massage and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. kind of like your coach, they can advocate for you. Okay. You know, if yeah, you yeah. want a certain, have a certain birth plan, they try to help you make sure you stick to that because doctors try to push for time. Okay. You know, so a doula is like a cool, not a midwife, but bringing in that like energy and okay, that sounds support. Familiar, I feel like yeah. Yeah. That was a very informational part of the podcast. Good. Like a, I, know, I feel 26 like here, this whole old. podcast, you're just going to drop knowledge on us like yeah. that. Ugh, that's what Austin was saying, and I was like, oh, God. It's like, yeah, you're dropping all on I mean, I as, a, as a 26-year-old male, I was, like, oh, I was like, holy shit, that is a thing that I might have to deal with, yeah. baby. Oh, God. I mean, you know, when you think – sorry. When yeah, you no, think about, like, it's usually stuff that is – pretty like okay yeah that makes sense you know and she was kind of explaining how like the placenta is the one organ that like your body makes and then disposes of when it doesn't need it after you know like it's an organ Mm -hmm. and i don't know about eating it i get that but (laughs) apparently apparently there's you know people feel like they get over postpartum better would putting back those nutrients. Yeah. I think it's just weirder because a lot of like female oriented things like like menstrual bleeding even though you're just bleeding it's still like a weird ick factor well yeah we but, were like, you know. dude, when you, when you talk about that to women who have never heard of that be- for the first time do you get a lot more used like like that's I weird mean, yeah, or I do think, you get more well, people a lot like, of women oh, have like heard of it yeah i mean i don't think oh, I, I don't usually like it doesn't come up as often as you would think i guess <laughs> that's not what you talk about but all the time. But yeah, like my, you know, two of my best friends are pregnant right now and I don't think they're thinking about doing that. I think it's as for women, mostly you're kind of like, I, I can respect that. And it's not that weird. I mean, on dual survivor, like they drink their pee and stuff and that's like, Oh, like gnarly and like survival whatever. And it's more novelty, I guess, to eat your placenta, but it could also be useful if you're feeling like postpartum depression. 
And I can see that where that's like kind of fucked up is like just like you said, like um, like menstruating and stuff like that is like has this you <laughs> factor that we were raised on to be like, no, that's like gross, but it's like, but it's like normal shit. It's like, literally just blood. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's not regular anywhere blood. near as it's like the same as like farting essentially. Like it's just like yeah. that's what your body does. But yeah, and like the the hard part is that you know when you grow up female, like you are disgusted of yourself because we all kind of are socialized in a similar way, especially when we're younger. So. Mm-hmm you become in so many things like you become disgusted of yourself and that's a really hard thing to process especially when when you are going through that cycle it's already difficult on the body and emotionally draining and all that stuff and you don't you already feel gross because your hormones are all doing a pregnancy drill and being crazy so yeah it's one of those things that's like if we just kind of remove the stigma of it, maybe it'll help women feel better about themselves. Yeah, I, th- I think, I feel like Big Mouth did the best job of, like, making <laughs> shit normal. Yeah, yeah, like, every time show. we were watching it, I was like, Jesus, I wish this would have been on, like, during, like, when I was, like, going through puberty, because it would have just, like, okay, make it, everything makes I, so much yeah. more sense. <laughs> I think that's an interesting point to bring up about that show, because I had older people watch it who have had kids, and they'd be like, I wouldn't show that to my middle schooler. It's kind of vulgar. It yeah, is. True. I mean, it's adult. Yeah. Well, okay, but, let, but let's say like sixteen-year-old maybe. Like, yeah, I don't know. Would that have like? I feel like if I was sixteen watching that, I would be like, oh my god, they got it. But also, I yeah. still don't understand anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, true. I guess maybe I I haven't been watching it from like an informational perspective, but I really like how they have like boy like puberty and girl puberty i think there's a lot of dialogue in there that's yeah incredibly transparent and awesome though i guess i can't i mean yeah i mean i I tell my friends this all the time like i when i was in like seventh grade like your parents had to sign off on you taking sex ed and like you know as like i don't know how old you are in seventh grade but you know i was so like intimidated by like approaching my mom with this subject and and she was like, you don't need this shit right now, you know? And it was oh, like, really? what am I supposed to tell my mom? Like, just like in the sense of, I don't know what I wanted, needed to know at that age, you know? And right. I think because my parents came from a different country and all sorts of things like that, it was like, they didn't really know either. But I don't know, going back to Big Mouth, it's hilarious. But I don't yeah. know how, I don't know what I needed to know at that age yeah. or like what yeah, was out there. That, but that's the point of it though. It's like, yeah. you're not going to know anything until you just like, until stupid weird shit happens yeah. and you kind of figure it <laughs> out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when did your parents come over here? Um, my brother was born in 1984. My mom was pregnant with him when she, when they came out here. So, oh, okay. um, in the eighties and mm. you know, obviously it was like a rough go for them, but I grew yeah. up more or less comfortable, not really you know, privileged and all that good stuff. Grew up in Glendale. So, uh, mm-hmm. been in LA my whole life and yeah. yeah, it was, it was cool. Obviously like a bunch of, a bunch of crazy shit that goes with having immigrant parents, but yeah. uh, where did they immigrate from? Lebanon. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Wow. So was there a follow-up? I don't know. I didn't know. I'm asking. There are things I have to learn because I, I you and Austin no, have yeah, that's history. Yeah, so. yeah, no, no, sorry. I'm catching up, everybody. That's cool. This is information I knew that we are all going to go over again because you might not know, Sarah. No, you probably don't. You probably don't. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe no, Facebook. no, no. Was that, so when the, 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 like going back to them needing permission so that your parents were like, no, was that part of because of like cultural difference? I think... Yes, and also just being a parent and maybe that subject really being intimidating 
approaching, definitely because my parents were immigrants and that was just something like a seventh grader doesn't need this information right now. Or I think she just maybe it was one of those situations where I think we were each looking to each other like, what do we do? Do I do this? I don't know. (laughs) How do I, you know? And so, um, so she, I think she just went with the safer option to her, which was like, no. Um, but that's just kind of, you know, an example of like certain ways I was like sheltered in that, in that kind of area. But yeah. Yeah. What was this just like a regular middle school? Or yeah, was it, like, it was public school. I yeah. don't know why that was like a, I think, you know, just for certain reasons, yeah. they have to get a permission from your parents to teach you certain things. I'm and trying to remember yeah, if I, because you, you transferred to school in middle school, right? Yeah. So did you get sex ed when you were in grade school? Cause we got it yeah. in fifth grade in Wilsonville. Yeah. I got it super fucking early. And okay. I remember being like, I don't under, I don't know what. Like, yeah, they, they like I do remember not registering at all. Was it like that thing where they separated the yeah. boys and the girls? And okay. they, took, they took the entire grade in the auditorium and then they showed it on a TV and we all just sat there and laughed. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. yeah. Because one, we had no idea what was coming. We just thought it was another That's assembly. Young. And they're like, okay, we're going to, yeah, it's we're young, right? Because <laughs> yeah. everyone, I feel like everyone gets it in middle school and in our district, they were like, I feel like we were growing up at a time when they were like really experimenting with sex ed and like new ways to do it too. Like, oh, maybe yeah. we should tell them when they're super early and then they're exposed to this it. This was in Portland? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe it's this Portland. is just my LA stereotype. Yeah. But like, yeah, don't they teach you guys that in like <laughs> every grade? No, they mostly um, teach you like uh, knitting flannels and like brewing your own coffee in Portland. That's all. Well, that but on that state. note though, no. like, Portland and like the metropolitan area, they teach a lot of sex education. It's super progressive. But the second you get outside the cities, those schools probably mm. they don't have sex education they're not telling them about condoms so it's like very where we grew up was like very black and white you right, either knew right. about it or like your parents were like no right yeah and that's i mean luckily i guess for better or for worse whatever i didn't really have the open access to like the internet and porn and the things that younger kids are using to teach mm-hmm. themselves and why we're having such an issue with like consent education yeah. but shameless plug to Planned Parenthood they do tons of free sex ed programs in high schools and schools all over um, they actually will bring in a free sex ed program to run for the students and it's really amazing so oh, wow. give your money to Planned Parenthood they're teaching your kids yeah goddamn it not they're, to rape they're like the most yeah yeah <sighs> Jesus fuck I mean that's that's what I think. I feel like that shit is like what needs to be required in people's high schools, like fucking now yeah. again. Like go yeah. over it again, because obviously, like I don't remember what the fuck I did in twelfth or like when I was not in twelfth grade. <laughs> what I did in um, when I was twelve years old. Like what yeah. the fuck? Why are you introducing it? You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and and that's kind of the sad part, I guess, of like. Mm-hmm. The things that come after that, which is like, you know, sexual assault and, mm-hmm. you know, the just failure to understand what like consent is and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. It's like it's such an onion to peel because it's like we don't have this foundational understanding of how to treat each other and how to treat women and how those things are, ch- you know, changing from, you know, kind of the archaic ideas of the past. So, yeah, um, not that I don't think that, you know, predators deserve to bear the burden of their whatever mistakes and crimes and stuff like that but it's still like man did you think this was okay like that's the scary part Mm -hmm. you know as a woman it's like man like like did you think this was okay i know they can't say that publicly especially celebrities like i don't know i thought that shit was cool i thought she was into it or yeah but that's kind of where my mind goes like you know and then you hear i don't think there are enough people asking that question yeah because i 
I think of like there are people who know what they're doing and I think there are people who just don't know what they're doing or they have those urges and they can't control them or they don't know any better <clears throat> right you know like people who are sexually abused when they're kids they, right a lot of the times they're like fuck I don't know like exactly. somebody yeah. help and it's not like there's a, a, a mental health system set up in this country totally. to help people deal with that or even be open about it to begin with yeah so it's like I think that's a really important part of the dialogue that people aren't asking it's yeah like, like, yeah. And especially the part that, like, everyone was like, you know, let's just take Harvey Weinstein and say, well, we all knew about it for years. Yeah. Like, that's the crazy fuck. shit. Fuck. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was just Harvey. Like, you let, there wasn't, there were too many of those instances where people would just let Harvey be Harvey. I mean, I think, um, going back to certain sex ed stuff, like, I listened to Loveline a lot growing up. I think that really helped me. Yep. Shout Same, out. dude. Right? Yeah. Dr. Drew taught me everything <laughs> I was like holy fuck um, I heard he has some like controversial opinions these days but who doesn't okay. um, and he the classic love line is, is on the podcast app and you can still listen to all those old episodes and I guess they have um, a new show Adam and, and Drew anyway so I listened to that a lot and that's where I learned a lot about the concept of you know children who are abused grow up to abuse and, and mm-hmm. it's like a really vicious cycle and maybe it's it's too big of a like a onion to peel I keep using this onion analogy but like it's so deep rooted and you're like where the fuck do we start so we just turn and shame and ostracize and you know point out the people who you know indulge in these behaviors and these bad behaviors and stuff and it's like it's it's such a big problem and I think with Harvey Weinstein and all of these accusers and all the people that knew like I, I know that there are degrees of knowing right like there are, there is the woman who would lead the other actresses or whatever up to the room and kind of play part in this role. And right. we don't know who these women are, or why they did what they did, but there's like certain degrees of knowing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even when it came out, a lot of us who live in LA were like, yeah, I mean, I can see that. Right. So like mm-hmm. to a certain degree, everybody knows, but maybe like with a lot of things, it's just like, it feels like such a big... Okay, I had a certain experience with a previous employer, and, and luckily I wasn't in his like range of the really bad stuff that he would do, but he was definitely really inappropriate, really hostile work environment. Um, and it was like, we all knew, we still know, and yeah. it's like, he would outwardly tell us, like, what are you going to do about it? Like, he would say that, because he'd be like, I have money, you work for me. You clearly don't have as much money as I do. I have all these lawyers. And a lot of it was just him being a crazy person and like saying these things. But a lot of it we believed and it was kind of true, you know? And like, especially with these kind of, I don't even want to call them microaggressions, but like the smaller things like that seem small that a lot of people are like, is this in the same category as Harvey Weinstein or whatever? It's like, it is, but it's small that even the women are like, well, what the fuck am I going to do about some guy saying something to me in passing? Like, yeah. you know, you, you have to, in certain, like, legal cases, you have to prove that y- you were harmed financially in some way, you know, because of the legal system. It's like, well, what the fuck do you want us to do about it? Like, are there damages, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happened with a previous <laughs> employer because we tried to, like, do something about this because, at least in my head, it was like, I can't stand the idea, like, I can leave this job, but I hate the idea of this just happening. Like, this guy just gets to do this shit to people, and that's fucked up. And and after, like, trying it, you know, it was difficult, and there was a group of us, so it didn't feel like, you know, we're outnumbered or whatever. There was a group of us with corroborating stories, and it was just like, well, 
you know, you don't have documented, like, it's just court. So, like, what are you going to, you yeah. have nothing to show except the fact that this happened to you and it's hit your word over this person's word who yeah. literally doesn't even have to show up because he could just send his, you know, it was just really like a power imbalance. Right, I, okay, and, I have a question. Are you having a lot of women in the working class then who are in, you know, they're not movie stars, they're not agents that are coming up to you and talking about this stuff? Like, what do I do? Because I feel like that's... <clears throat> I feel like that's the next part of this conversation is going to happen is this like, and it's already started in a sense where, okay, celebrity a, everyone in Hollywood is having this stuff come out. Okay. What about the, the people in the middle working class who are having this happen to them on a daily basis? Like yeah. that, that feel like they, you know, they can't go to TMZ and tell them that. Yeah. Right. Because who gives a fuck about your employer? Exactly. Yeah. yeah is, you know, I don't know. That's a very open-ended question, but do you see the point? I'm like, yeah, of course. I mean, I guess like we can look at working class women, but like, I feel like, it just needs to be an accepted fact, which it has been for most women that like, we all deal with this everywhere, yeah. everywhere, you know? So it's like, yeah, of course it's repulsive when it comes out in the media and it's a celebrity you fucking love. Like I fucking love Kevin Spacey, you know, yeah, I love yeah. house of cards. I love his acting. Yeah. Like, but not that I didn't throw his ass away after that, but like, it's just hopefully like not, I don't know. I mean, in terms of like the working class or, you know, Hired help, for example, people who don't have that kind of power, like, I don't know. I don't know what the change is. I think it has a lot to do with, I don't, okay, is it human nature to get corrupted by power if you have it, if you have a lot of it? That's kind of the question, because it's like, power is kind of that factor there, and I, you know, I don't necessarily think that. I think more men are in power and so more men exploit that power and also other socialized things like, you know, commodifying women and objectifying women and feeling like when you get famous, you naturally get women. And so when some people who maybe aren't, you know, traditionally attractive or whatever are sleazebags like Harvey Weinstein and they get to be this big person and they see that maybe they're not getting the amount of women they expected. It's like, then they wield that power or whatever it corrupts them or whatever it is. So I kind of struggle with that too. Like, what is the issue? And that's kind of why I ask, like, I wish some of them would say like, I didn't think that I I didn't think that this was wrong or I didn't, what is the core issue there? And I don't know if it's possible for them to be that self-aware in terms of like what really happened. Mm. Um, but I definitely lean on like, I don't know, man, like if you're in a position of power, is it just human nature to fuck somebody over or like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, a lot of it for me when I like, when I think about like uh, all these people that are like from a different generation doing it is Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, so like, what were you growing up around that made you see all this shit? Like I, every, like I remember I only watched two seasons of Mad Men, but I was like, right, I fucking get it. Like everybody that's always like, dude, man, the fifties would have been a great time or sixties. I'm like, you're a fucking asshole. It's like maybe the fashion and nothing else. Yeah. Literally like that shit was like horrifying. Like, yeah, I'll buy you a skinny tie. How about we stay in 2017? Yeah, I get it. You like square room glasses. (laughs) Even like, fathom being in a work environment like that though I yeah i just i couldn't you know i couldn't imagine just walking in there and having people i don't know it's really hard for me to wrap my head around that i mean it's hard to feel like you know i i don't know like it's hard to i feel like for women a lot of the times or i've definitely felt like this like probably to my own detriment i would weigh out like well i need this job 
And I mean, I could more or less brush this off mm. and just get on, you know, so you're kind of constantly weighing it out for yourself because I mean, some, somebody, I, I forget who I'm going to kill it, but maybe I can send yeah. you like whatever was this amazing writer um, was kind of talking about how like we keep bringing up this idea of like due process and, you know, we have to treat every case individually because all these allegations are coming out and people could lie about these men. And she was saying that like, you know, five white guys lost their job, but like, what about all of these women and all of these victims who like maybe didn't have a chance to get their career off the ground, didn't have a chance to even like have any kind of due process. And then you kind of talk about like, untested rape kits and all of this stuff. It's like the people who aren't getting due process are going, are still the victims, you know, or it's just like, I don't know, we're all trying to survive. And I think for women, like, you know, me and my girlfriends, we try to get together and I try to host these events for the women in my community. And we kind of talk about how like, Sometimes, especially like the older you get, you've built up so many things that you forget that you are doing those things. You know, you forget right. that you kind of let the the tasteless jokes go and you kind of, oh, so-and-so is just like that. And he didn't mean to be racist. He's just curious or whatever the excuses we make or the ways that we just try to get by because you walk down the street and somebody wants, you know, cat calls. There's so many things that you just have to, there is like that quote, like if you're going to throw a stone at every dog that barks, like you're not going to fucking get anywhere. And I think women realize that fairly early on, that there are certain things that just exist, especially when, you know, before all of this, it was very like, nobody gave a fuck really, even though all of this has been happening. And just because they're famous, like you were saying, it's more on Twitter, more viral, but it's just, it's a constant. I mean, you're constantly building up all of these things. And so you kind of forget and you let things go. And then the Me Too movement was amazing because it was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I've done that. And someone like recently was like, women retweet this if you've ever bought pepper spray. And it like went viral because of course you bought pepper spray and probably a pocket knife and maybe a firearm and maybe a million other things, you know, nail polish you dip in your drink that changes color if there's a roofie. And I mean, it's, it's an industry of like personal protection against half of the population, you know, or anybody that's a stranger. And then you get. I mean, I don't mean to like just no, no, dump no. all of this, no, but you no, know what no, I mean. No. Like, <laughs> to me, it's horrifying one that that exists because every girl, pretty much almost every girl I've dated and and like pretty much know has pepper spray, has like a fucking switchblade, yeah. and that's like I would like just think about that and you saying that out loud. I'm like. That is fucked up. Like yeah, they're just like weapons. your mom sits you down and is like, "Hey, I just want to let you know someday that, 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 you're going to have the pepper spray." Of, of the conversation of creating yeah. a dialogue around you know the oh. sexual harassment and stuff is that yeah. there is there is an entire industry based around women totally. living in fear to buy products yeah. to defend themselves. Like that's fucking. Oh, yeah. don't, don't worry. Just put this in your pocket. Everything exactly. will be fine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like you know, fucking, it's uh, that's so terrible. I mean, even oh even for women and definitely for me, like I'll definitely. I don't I don't know. I'm sure, you know, most people definitely wouldn't have seen this. It's like a little cat thing you put like on your hand. It's almost like, um, what are those like iron brass knuckles, bra- brass knuckles but yeah. it's like pokey, but it looks like a cat. It's super cute. It's like pink. You know? <laughs> and I'll definitely be like, Oh my God, that's so cute. I want that. And it's kind of like badass if you're going to like, you know, I'd like, stab a motherfucker yeah, with a cat dude. knife, you like, know? <laughs> Meow, bitch. What happened to him? He's fucking got cat claws oh, man. on his face. Yeah, no, that- and yeah, it's it's definitely like a, a weird thing. Even It's not like, it's a weird thing to experience even as a woman. But I think, like, okay, 
the whole, I think that the thing that's missing for me from men mm -hmm. or especially like when it comes to like this whole men are trash movement, which I think is hilarious. And obviously I get my laughs in. Yeah. All right. I got to survive. But anyway, it's just like women and marginalized communities and people of color and all of that stuff ha don't have a choice as to whether we have to deal with this shit or not, or learn about it or protect ourselves against it or be woke or be an activist and all that shit. Because I don't know, for me, it was like, there came a point in my life where I couldn't understand why I was like, you know, this all happened with that former employer where like, I felt like I was a kick-ass employee, but there was still this thing that he was like boxing me into this thing. And I didn't know what it was. And of course, you know, I just came to find, you know, came to read more about feminism and how like I wasn't alone in the workplace and feeling like you could be fucking great, but you're still a woman. And like, they're still, you know, he wanted me to like always be at the check-in desk, for example, like no matter what, because it's like, I'm the girl and they want a girl there, you know, stupid little things like that. But anyway, yeah. and among other things, the wage gap, all of that stuff that you start to have to rec you have to reconcile it because you have to survive and you're trying to figure out like how to beat this fucking level, you know, how to get going. And I think like every time I come across a guy or anybody who is clearly of privilege, not that I'm not in many ways, you know, um, it's like, or anybody who feels like they don't have to give a fuck because it doesn't really affect you. Like for, you know, certain males or whatever, most males, maybe you don't have to buy all those personal protection things and you don't really give a fuck about that. Or like, you don't get, I don't know, you know, certain things where it's like, because it, you haven't experienced it, like it's not really your problem, you know, mm -hmm. and that's great for you. Like, that's great that you kind of get to live your life so freely. My friend was telling me, shout out to Brad. Hi, Brad. I know hey, he's going to listen to this because he's a supporter. What's up, Brad? Um, was telling me that he, uh, I think does his like meditation or yoga or whatever in the park at night. And I literally was like, wow, that would be so cool that you get to go to the park at night by yourself. You know, like I would yeah. never fucking do that because, you know, it's just something that men in certain ways are afforded. And I grew up with an older brother. So this was always something that I was, I saw in many different ways that you just have to reckon with it. You know, a black person has to reckon with the fact that like there are certain systems in place that are going to treat somebody with lighter skin different and them different. And they're not going to be able to wash off their black skin. I can't wash off the fact that I'm a woman, you know? So it's hard when you see people who they don't have to deal with that. So at the best, they don't care. Or at the worst, they think it's not real. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, that, well. And that's empathy at its core, though. How do you yeah. teach that without experience? I mean, that's like a I don't know. Question, it's like, I how guess, do you teach the middle class yeah. white American male who's never had, like, yeah. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Right, I, right. I, Whoever that, yeah, that like, subgroup is. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, <laughs> the first time I ever, like, I, I have changed my viewpoint a lot how I hit on women at clubs the first time I went to a gay bar. <laughs> I fucking shit you. Oh, oh yeah, dude. yeah. I've definitely, <clears throat> like. I'm, a, I'm six four. I, my head is above <sighs> everybody else's head in that bar. Yeah. First yep. time I ever went, you know, I was probably like 21, 22. And, like, I go with my friends because we live in West Hollywood and whatever. It's fine. But, mm -hmm. not, like, I'm, I'm, like, this is what it's like to be a girl at a bar. Every yeah. guy is trying to make eye contact with you. And they're, right. like, you catch them looking yeah. at you. And, like, dude, so maybe someone grabs your butt. Like, but it's kind of funny. Right, and you're right. just like, hey, that wasn't cool. But, hi, dude. what's up? Oh, yeah. No, right, right, right. Don't do that again, when, please. When I like, first moved here yeah. and I was going to 24-hour fitness, I had that same, like, <laughs> holy fuck. Because I was, like why are all these dudes staring at me while I'm working out? Like, this is so fucking weird. Like, I don't... And then I was like, 
holy shit, I've been doing this since I was like, yeah, yeah first yeah. realized I was like interested in it. <laughs> okay. that's, that's the only time in my entire life I can feel like I've been objectified. Someone right. looked at me and went, I want that. You know? Right. No, I think, like, I think, oh my God, that's a like, terrible feeling. Dude, so. every guy should have to go through that from now on. Yeah, that needs but to like, be a new rule. <laughs> I don't, like, I agree that I cherish, I mean, it's certain, you know, similar to, similar to guys having a daughter and then being like, fuck, like I finally, like my daughter is 12 now and mm-hmm. someone cat called her and I just realized like, holy shit, that's fucking terrible. I feel like I've definitely heard that from straight men, like going to a gay bar. They definitely felt groped or whatever and I don't want to we, we shouldn't like broad strokes the gay no, community no no but, also no but also I think no. like the, the missing th- not the missing thing but the additional thing for women is like the literal like danger like in terms of like I can't piss this way. I don't know if you felt this way but like I can't I wouldn't hold up fighting against a yeah. guy who I don't, who's drunk and who's hitting on me and I you know you want to just be like get the fuck off of me you know and I have done that been a little crazy with the alcohol hits, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. But, you know, there's definitely that feeling of, like, this m- motherfucker can follow me home, and God knows what happens after that, and so you have to kind of be, like, nice. I'm just saying, like, on the top of that, yeah, yeah, like, on top yeah. of that, there is, like, literally, like, personal safety, and, yeah. and that's always, like, I want to cuss you out, but I also don't want you to, like, swing at me, or I don't know if you fucking hit girls, or if you're drunk right now, or what ticks you off, you know, so. And, like, how many of these guys, like, don't realize what they're doing is fucking weird? I don't know. You tell me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. That's what I think. It's like, what are, like, what are five things guys could do to not be so fucking creepy? Okay, this, I have one, okay? okay and I, I suggested it. I like ask this question, too. It's like, what can we do to be better? Yeah, because it's like, I, okay. I'm scared to talk to anyone. Yeah. Okay, don't be scared. No, no, okay, actually, okay. Yeah, that's, one, not, that's okay. not true. First of all, that's not true. Anyways. I, okay, my number one thing is, like, just treat women like people. Like, just treat them like yeah. regular people and don't go out with, like, a, I gotta, I don't know, I gotta find someone to sleep with. Maybe that's just too going aggressive out, of a goal. Gonna have sex tonight yeah. for sure. Like, just yeah. reframe it in your mindset. I mean, go out, gonna meet people, man. Gonna yeah. meet people. LA is a hard place to meet people. It's a hard place to keep, like, a community, you know, and... I'm from here. I totally understand that. It's it's hard for especially people that move from other states. And it's difficult. Everything's spread out and, you know, everyone's grinding. So it's hard to do that. So I think changing your mindset in terms of going out, especially guys, because I feel like girls do do this all the time. Like yeah. we just go out to go out. And if you meet people, great. If you meet girls, great. Guys, great. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think opening up the mindset. The other thing is. I feel like for girls, we have certain things that we do in our group of friends when we go out, right? We, you know, one of us maybe is not drinking or make sure, you know, she kind of plays the role of making sure everybody gets into the Uber, doesn't go home with any, doesn't separate, whatever it is, whatever your group of girlfriends decides. But we kind of have those things, you know, we keep tabs on each other. So my suggestion, which I suggested to some of my guy friends, was that maybe guys should do that. Maybe there's, like, one of you who isn't getting super fucked up or who knows that, hey, when Todd, for example, has too many, he's a little, he gets a little touchy. He even gets a little touchy with me. I know there are guys, you know, your guy oh, yeah. friend will get all touchy. So maybe have tabs on each other in those ways, not because you think your friends are rapists, but because you're aware that it's so rampant that, like, it's not some random dude in a corner alley. Like it's people at bars who have had too much to drink among other things. Right. But I feel like that would be a cool thing, you know, and sometimes 
And then if you, you know, some of the responses I got was like, I don't hang out with guys like that. None of my guy friends are like that. And of course it's like, mm. uh, maybe not in front of you. I just, yeah, I don't think people want to, like <laughs> yeah. guys want to admit that. Right. Like, yeah. But if you do think that and you're really like, I don't do that or my friends don't even get drunk or whatever it is, yeah. it's like even just awareness around you of everybody could help somebody, could save somebody. I mean, I think you guys have seen that some bars are doing this thing where if you're uncomfortable, you could like go ask for a special drink and then they help take you out. Yeah. They, they like take you out of a certain situation. So, um, certain bars in LA, like you'll go up to the bartender and you'll be like, Hey, is Alice working today? And it'll be like their code word. And they'll have like signs about it in the girl's bathroom. Like, are you uncomfortable with somebody? Is somebody bothering you? Go say this to the bartender and, and then whatever triggers, you know, they'll help you get out of the situation. They'll help get you a ride. So certain things like that. It's like, if you're just aware, you know, you go out and you're not completely like, you know, I pretty much stopped drinking because like, I can't really tell when I'm going to black out or not, you know? And then I'm, you know, for I was safe the lot and everything, <laughs> but it's like, Can I you can't your drink real quick. And it's, uh, it's, uh... <laughs> I just like, I was like, I can't have that in my life because I, it's too dangerous, you know? So I think, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, maybe just like, you know, feeling a little bit more responsibility towards everybody, whether you're with them or not, and feeling like you are part of a community, you know, you could help somebody, you know, instead of like, I love 40 year old virgin. Right. But you know how he's like, you got to track, tackle some drunk bitches, you know, like it would be great if, you know, anybody like saw somebody super drunk and like help them get into an Uber or like that kind of sense of like giving a shit about each other would be great and would probably be a great starting point. And can, that's literally easily something anybody can do. Like you can see somebody, I mean, you know, crying somewhere, throwing up somewhere, whatever, like put that energy out there and give a shit about people because clearly it's happening everywhere. And you don't know if that drunk girl you saw was assaulted after she left there. And I'm sure if you did know, you'd probably be like, fuck dude. Like I saw that girl, you know, and like I could have helped that or whatever. And, and then you hear amazing stories of people that do do that, do that with the um, Stanford swimmer guy who was like assaulting a girl behind a dumpster like two guys were riding their bike and they were they just I mean I don't even know how you look there and see that and then intervene and I think we're moving towards a culture that's more like that's none of my business you know and I mean my whole goal with like my brand and all the things that I try to do is like I'm trying to get back into a community get back into like you know, knowing who lives next to you or helping the homeless community in your neighborhood and all that stuff. Like anything that makes me feel like I'm doing something because it's difficult to like get sucked into the news cycle. But, um, yeah, I mean, you can do something when I was, I was gonna say when I was, that was one of the things I, when I was reading your, like your blog, like one of your last posts, uh, I was like, Thanks for reading my book. I wrote it. I wrote down notes. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, was, That's you amazing. Down, uh, oh my God. I love that we have to learn to be more than just viewers. Like, I think that is the most real. And that's like, I think that's like every sense of yeah, right. every fucking thing. Like, and I, I, after I read that, I was like, yeah, I just, I like read about mm-hmm. fucking uh, net neutrality just happening. And I was yeah. like, God, I can't <laughs> wait for these guys to do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, could have fucking called. Like, it's like Rami Malik, you're really a hacker, right? Yeah, Fix this shit. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I was like, dude, fuck. I don't know. Someone, yeah. So I, that I think that yeah. that is with at least with our generation is everybody is so like 
yeah, someone's going to fix it. Yeah, right. Like, but no. And then there is a part of like engaging on social media that does make you feel like you're doing something. And it's like, oh my God, I didn't do it. I didn't get up from this chair today. Like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely like, you know, all of the things, especially like, you know, in this new, since I kind of refreshed my blog and stuff, has all been mostly talking to myself, you know, because mm. like, I definitely am not there yet. I'm not perfect by any means, you know, but I want to keep evolving. Like I, I feel like, I think we've talked about this on Twitter. Like, I feel like we're all just bacteria and I want to be part of the evolutionary strain, you know, Same. yeah, that's right. it. Like, that's what I want. And I don't care <laughs> if I'm here for Like I read about, you know, I'm trying to do more reading or whatever. And I'm like reading about these women from like hundreds of years ago and I'm getting like emotional and shit like that. And I feel like they didn't know they would survive the next day or be stoned to death or whatever. Or if anybody would give a shit or they didn't write down their stories. They didn't know that, you know, hundreds of years later, like I would be reading that. And that's very impactful to me. Like, I feel like it's hard sometimes to find purpose and to feel like there's anything you can do. Cause so much shit is fucked up, like net neutrality and every, you know, places in different parts of the world and all that shit, sexism, racism, this fucking idiot in office, like a million things. So I feel like it's a trap to feel overwhelmed and then stop. Like that's the trap. It's like, they want you to feel overwhelmed and fearful. So you're just like, fuck this, you know, yeah. like whatever, dude, you want to charge me 30 bucks for the internet, you know, for my extra channels, whatever. But, yeah. um, I just try to like, like think locally. And then that way I feel like, I don't know, it's something, right? Like if I gave the homeless person down my block a meal, like I made his day for the next three or, you know, I made three mm -hmm. hours of his day. He's not hungry for three hours of that day. And like, that's something, I don't know. Like I have to live with that, you know, and hopefully through like the blog and whatever, it can reach a wider audience through like the internet and stuff. Yeah. But otherwise it's, it's honestly so I can fucking sleep at night. Yeah. You know? No, I think that's a great way to put it. I was I was listening to uh, I listened to Harmontown a lot and the last guest he had on um, fuck I wish I remember the name of his movie movement but um, basically their whole purpose was like right now the best thing to worry about is start local and that's totally like and that was all they were about was just like yeah. just take a like pay attention to the neighbors around you people around yeah. you because like this is like you you start here and then it just starts going out like I, I feel like yeah everybody gets like. Holy shit! How do I tackle the big guy? Right. Yeah, that's so fucking me over. How do we fix the whole world? Just throw it away. Yeah, just yes. fuck it. Restart Start over. <laughs> Elon Musk. Like you know what? I'm just gonna find another planet. Oh, thank you. Fuck oh, this shit. Fuck, I'm going with too much access to information. Like, yeah, you wouldn't hear about shit for three True. days when there was only newspapers. And yeah, the second anyone tweets anything, you know the next world disaster. Exactly. The yeah. How do you how do you keep yourself from feeling overwhelmed? What do you do? What well, you, it's you... funny. Like my parents, you know, I'm Middle Eastern and stuff. So like my parents have the Arabic news on like 24 hours a day. And, you know, they're very like plugged into that. Um, I, I heard like, I, I recently finished reading this book called women and gender in Islam. And I'm, I'm also trying to like find out about women from, you know, my cultural background and my religious background specifically. So I can kind of piece together my identity and figure out like, you know, just figure it all out. But, you know, I think that like, it's, a, a colonizer mentality to feel like you have to fix other people's problems that you literally have no fucking clue about, you know, like 
you, like, I don't really, I mean, I'm reading and I'm interested in it, right? But, like, there are activists and people on the ground in the, like, I feel like they need to lead the movement of what they believe is, like, a proper revolution for whatever their life circumstances are, you know? Like, I think um, I saw Gloria Steinem on, on Bill Maher, like, this one time, and she was kind of saying, like, he, you know, a lot of people bring up, like, you know, American women are the most privileged women. And what the fuck are you complaining about? Like go to another country and see how women are treated there. But I think it's like, there are women there who are fighting for whatever rights they feel like they are owed. Like, I'm not going to, it's just a colonizer mentality to feel like we know what you need for you to be free. Like, we don't know what the fuck we need to be free. Everyone's definition of freedom. Yeah. Like I don't fucking, I mean, I try to keep up at least to be educated in terms of like world affairs and stuff like that. But the reality is that there, you know, historically those things have been used to, to just shut you up where you're at, you know, shut up. You have it good. People have it worse. Like then, then you're just not doing anything. And I just, I reject all of that shit that just leads to me not doing anything. Yeah. And I've, I'm here. I'm not planning on going to the Middle East anytime soon. Yeah. I definitely follow really amazing, you know, active feminist voices from the Middle East and other parts of the world. And I would support those movements. But I know I have like a real job to do here in my community. And I, mm-hmm. and the best, even, you know, that'll reverberate out anywhere because, mm-hmm. again, the internet, I can put that up and show what I'm doing and share information and all of that stuff. And at least like, I don't know. Maybe it'll be inspiring. I'm definitely inspired by other movements, but I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think I'm good enough or yeah. smart enough or whatever, like to figure out what it's like to be a woman in a Muslim country or or what that must feel like to grapple with your religious beliefs and a government that forces you to wear a veil or forces you not to wear a veil or all that shit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, on my end, I just try to like you know, expose myself to like authors and writers and and activists from those parts of the world and just listen to what they're saying. I've learned so much from black Twitter, by the way, like, you know, in terms of like racism and civil rights and all of that stuff, like it's really amazing to learn from other people's experiences and watch art and films and all of that stuff that is made by those people. And they're telling their stories and you know, I'm a writer, so I have to always remind myself just to like write what I know and and just leave it at that. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, when you when you were I mean, speaking of like doing stuff uh, locally and stuff, I mean, you did the Planned Parenthood uh, tattoos for Planned Parenthood, which was like yeah. the fucking dopest idea in February. Yeah, yeah. it was a, a tattoo fundraiser, so we raised um, a little over twenty seven thousand dollars for Planned Parenthood. There were eight shops, um, across Southern California that participated. It was really great. So I kind of organized it, but of course it was like the tattooers who, you know, volunteered their time and, and their energy and stuff like that. And a lot of other artists and the girls, girls club, um, girls, girl club, they donated a lot of designs and it was a really great like community effort. Um, but it was awesome. It was just like, a. Like, I wanted to get a tattoo after the Women's March. I was really energized, and I had already been, like, doing all this reading and stuff about feminism and really diving into this, and it felt like, okay, you know, it's time to, like, just really commit yourself, and clearly this is, you know, in a weird, creepy way, like a sign from the universe. Like, this shit is happening, and, you know, the time is now for voices like yours and activism like that, so... Um, this tattoo shop actually like denied my request to tattoo me cause I wanted like a really tiny one. 
Um, and then I literally was like, all right, well, fuck you guys. I'm going to see if a shop will, will like donate proceeds and do like a flash day. And then that was kind of like a spark and it just went from there, which was really amazing. So I am working on organizing another one for February, 2018. Perfect. Um, and adding the ACLU and the Trevor project to the beneficiaries and allowing, you know, giving more flexibility to the shops to where they want to donate their money. Um, and yeah, it's been great. I've been getting more involved with Planned Parenthood and um, trying to see where I can, you know, donate more of my free time and stuff like that. So I'm trying to like um, start with the woman in the mirror. You know? Yeah, no, that, no, <laughs> that, 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 I think that makes the most sense. I mean, uh, yeah. So when you when you started. Kiss my angels. Yeah. <laughs> or kiss my angels, or, as illiterate people like to always call it. Oh, do you like angels? <laughs> this is so nice. I love those little figurines. <laughs> is that no. what this is? Oh, my God. You sell those? Oh, my oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, did, when, was, when were you, like, first starting to be like, okay, I need to start, like, participating and being a voice? Like, when did you first start being like, all right, I'm going to be more than just viewing this shit? Um, well, I started the blog in 2010 and it was just a way for like the writing I was doing to live somewhere digitally. Cause I did mm -hmm. journalism in school and like, I just needed to like compile my ideas. So it's really evolved in terms of its purpose, but that's fine with me, you know, whatever I've evolved to. So, yep. um, and I think it was like, you know, like in hindsight, I think that the seedlings were always there because I grew up in a pretty strict, like Muslim Lebanese family. I have an older brother and I, I was always aware that there were things that he could do that I couldn't do. And there were just, and it was always kind of told to me as like a safety thing. You know, there are certain things that could happen to girls that can't, doesn't necessarily happen to guys, um, which, you know, isn't true obviously, but for the most part. Um, so I think it was always there. And then I graduated school and I got like my first couple of jobs and it was really in the workforce because I was good at my work, you know, and I really loved it. Like I, I just loved being good at stuff and, and, you know, moving up the ladder and like really like taking responsibility and all of that stuff. And it was, um, you know, it was after this one job that I really loved and I, I couldn't understand like what was happening. I just like, couldn't understand why I was like, being treated a certain way, even though I knew I was killing it, you know? And then you have this person who just like, you know, tries to convince you that your value is like lower than you feel. And it was like, wait a second, like whatever. So yeah, I left that job because it was just like, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I knew I was being underpaid and there was, you know, just a hostile work environment and things. I couldn't really support what the whole company was in general. So there was also that underlying factor so I left and I actually picked up Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. Um, and it was such like an emotional read for me because I didn't know that this was a thing. Like I didn't know it was a thing. And she described it so well of like, not just the ways that women are held back in the professional space, but the ways that women hold themselves back, you know? So I knew I was like guilty of some of that stuff. And, and it was difficult to like, to read about that. Like I, I it was difficult to really be honest with myself and be like, man, some of this shit I'm doing to myself, like, you know, we are sexist to ourselves and to and women are sexist all the time. And it's not just like this natural thing that you're immune from it because you have a vagina. I keep hitting yeah, this. No, no, no. But <laughs> so that was really difficult. And then after that, it was just like, I couldn't get enough information. Like I wanted to read more. I wanted to understand myself more and see like, 
you know, how the world worked. And so that kind of, uh, you know, opened up this Pandora's box of like, you know, things about beauty and things about money and things about like just the world that I was like, holy shit, you know, like this is fucked. So, you know, after that, it was just like, there was just no stopping me after that because right, it all yeah. came together. You know, it all came together with like understanding how I was brought up and why and the things I, I wasn't able to do and the things I was able to do. Um, because even though I, I kind of was born in this like strict culture, like my household is very feminist. It's like my mom is, it's a matriarchy, you know, like my household was run by my mom. So yeah. it was kind of, you know, the opposite sides, but I was just piecing all of that together. And, you know, it's led to like, you know, the wage gap leads to realizing how much more I spent on cosmetics than my husband. And like, it was like, whoa, like I'm already technically making less. Like if you think about just like the overall structure of how women are paid as opposed to men and, and then just all those other things just open up. And like, I really feel like there's no way for me to tackle it even now, unless I, I tackle it within myself, you know, and I'm not done with that yet. Like I'm trying to balance certain things and hopefully like exposing myself and my truth and just being honest with it will do that. But I'm definitely still in the process of like, I mean, this is a, a kind of like superficial example, but like, I love like really, really raunchy rap music. Like yeah, I love yeah. that shit, you know? And yeah. like, I don't think it's wrong or whatever, but I, I, there is, that's just like one very small example I'll give you a really crazy example, right? At least yeah. for, for the women that I talk to, it's usually like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, you know, I read this amazing, amazing book that I think is really important for everybody to read. It's called The Beauty Myth, and it's by Naomi Wolf. It's really great. Um, I cried multiple times reading it. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm so stupid. Um, and she talks about how, you know, um, I don't know. I think she correlates. It's very research-based or whatever. But anyway. Right. That how, like, when young girls... Um, shave their legs for the first time and you kind of like you know they're like run their hands or, you know it's like soft and it's the first yeah. time we are thinking of what it would feel to a man or whatever another person to touch us so from a young age we are like experiencing our bodies through what it would feel like to another person Fuck. you know rather than like experiencing your own body and like, you know, or all of those beautiful things about like loving yourself. It's like you, and of course I did this, you know, of course yeah. I probably still do. It's like, I, I'm thinking about what he feels, not how I feel. I'm doing it because, oh my God, it must be so soft to run your hand up and down my leg. Like little things like that. That's also like, holy shit. Like I cried asking my mom to shame. You know what I mean? It was such yeah. a big deal to me as a kid. And like, Little things like that. Another, like, big one for me in my personal life was that, and I think I did this to, like, past boyfriends, too, but with um, my boyfriend at the time and now my husband or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> no, whatever. Lord. Sometimes the feminism gets so strong. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. He's amazing. Yeah, but, no, he's the best. you know, I would, like, I'd do this, like, stupid thing where I'd be like, do you love me? You know, you don't love me. Like, you know, all the, I don't know if some of you, if you guys have experienced like girlfriends doing that or whatever, but yes, absolutely. it was just like, and he would get so bothered and it was like, why do you ask me that? It makes me feel like you don't think I show it to you enough. And I'd be like, it's not that serious. I just want to hear you say it or whatever. Yeah. And like through reading this book, it was very much like 
there's so much that you see and learn and experience that tells you that you are not lovable, that even a man who loves you in the flesh, in your house, telling you he loves you on a daily basis can't fill that up because it's so, it's not even about a real person. It's about, you know, looking like what the ideal body for a woman looks like, yeah, you know, you're putting it up on a pedestal. It's yeah. A pedestal that it's, it's exactly a like social dynamic. That's always unachievable in this country when it comes to body image. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, even, you know, being confronted with the fact that I, I did get what all of these advertisements are telling you, you should aim for, or that you'll get with their product. Right. Which is love, right? It, yeah. All advertising is like, get this and people will love you. And here was this person who really loved me. And I still, wasn't filled up yet because, and that was really hard because that's real and all that other shit is bullshit. It's fake. You know, he doesn't give a fuck. Like he loves me, you know? So it was devastating because I knew that I was damaging my real relationship because I was still so caught up in like this illusion of perfection or beauty or what I thought beauty was. And of course, like for women, like beauty is value. Like that's what you're, it's like the older you get, I mean, and obviously this is, it's not even like a, it's like, look at plastic surgery, you know, look at the fear of getting old, you know, the like, I don't want wrinkles and, and all this, oh my God, it's fucking crazy. And we live in the heart of that here. Right. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. And you know, there it's, it's like, I can't blame, I don't blame anybody for doing any of that stuff. I even wrote like a really long time ago. I think it was at some point in college, like I wrote the pro plastic surgery side of like a pro con on plastic surgery. And my Mm -hmm. argument was like, how could you argue against plastic surgery when it is statistically like proven that more attractive people get better healthcare, better, whatever, you know, you're more money and all of this crazy shit. Like, obviously we've proven that we value that. And especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to women and, you know, maybe like until the last 10 years or so, like you didn't see you know, not even unattractive, like normal looking people on TV. They're all gorgeous. They're all skinny. They're all young, you know? So it's like, I, I just feel like there were, there are so many things still to work through in terms of like who you are as a person. And then, you know, yeah. all that other shit about like having kids and all of this, all of these things about, about being a woman. And I just don't think that like we've uncovered all of that yet. Like yeah. we don't really know what it's like for, a woman to be truly equal to a man, truly have the same opportunities and to be looked at the same and valued the same, respected the same. And uh, hopefully I'll be alive for one of for those days, yeah, but I don't think we're there yet. No, I don't think yeah. we're there. I mean, I, I feel like we're in the beginning of like a people that are like just now becoming aware of it and are being like, yeah, let's talk about it. Sort of like, yeah, hopefully. I least, mean, we've been ready. I'm ready to talk. Yeah, about I, know. It. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, no, I think, I feel like kids like, at least, uh, you know, people in our generation are like starting to talk about it now. Yeah, I don't, and, in our age group, I can't think of another time where there was this much yeah. talk of stuff. Yeah, like this, yeah. Well, the internet. Thank about. goodness thank for that. God. You know, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, what, what do you think? Like, young kids, young girls in high school or in, like even middle school could be doing to like pay attention to start, you know, to, to be like I, I, I don't because obviously they shouldn't grow up with the like frame of mind that like I'm doing this for him. So like, what are like, how, how, how do they Man, do I don't, stuff? <laughs> I don't really know. Like, I think 
I don't know. I don't know what it's like to grow up with like an Instagram account yeah, and like fuck, literally dude. you have like a metric on how cool you are in your school. Oh God. Um, yeah. So man, I can't even imagine that kind of pressure on, on boys and girls, you know? Yeah. True. No, um, that's true. Fuck, that shit is hard. It's, an edu- it's all education though. It's all education. I, th- I think it's a simpler question than people think. You start talking about this stuff of, you know, just even just social media, you know, take the whole sexual side of it, of how to talk about it, talk to people on social media. And right. then if you read something, you can misinterpret it because that person didn't say that to you. You know what I mean? And just the whole, they're, they're so on another level with connecting with people <laughs> and earlier in age, they don't have the skills to do it yet. So we have to give them the yeah. skills earlier to understand what consent is, to understand, yeah. you know, whatever the issue is. It's just they, they cause if we don't tell them now, they're going to find it anyways. Right. And it's easier yeah. now than ever. I mean, and then like, who is the we, right? It's like the parents and the community. And like, right. of course, you know, parents involvement has always been like an important factor. And like mm-hmm. when you introduce your kids to the internet and all of that stuff is a new thing that parents have to kind of deal with. But yeah, okay. I mean, that's why it's so important that parents have resources that help them and childcare that's accessible and all of these things, because like often it's, it's survival. I mean, you need your kids to be like using a screen or whatever, so you could get the chores done or get your job done or whatever. So I think like, I don't know, like, it just feels like we should, I mean, a couple, like I said, a couple of my best friends are pregnant and like my friend group and we're all kind of at that age in our lives or whatever. And it sucks that it's like, well, what are you going to do about work? And when do you have to go back and all of this stuff? And, you know, my husband, we passed by this like preschool and it was like now enrolling as young as two or something. And he was like, who the fuck puts their kid in? And I was like, well, what are you supposed to do with your kid? If you have to go to work, you know, like you have to support yourself and, you know, we're not really seeing, uh, like an increase in that on a, you know, governmental level of childcare, paternity leave, maternity leave. Like if you want, kids to be better then they have to have like a better foundation. They, their parents have to have opportunities and resources to like raise a like balanced young person, which is a fucking hard thing to do in itself, you know? Um, so it's like a, it's a number of different things. Pay teachers more to give a shit about your kid and, and I mean, better system, programs. Yeah, I mean, you can yeah. sit here and list off all the flaws yeah. that accumulate into one. It's yeah. crazy. So again, I mean, going back to kind of the idea of community, like I'm excited that my friends are having kids because I, I feel like we're all having a kid, you know, because yeah. we're really close and we know we want to be like present for that whole thing and, and, you know, socialize the kid and educate them. And I always kind of joke that like, you know, I'm ready to teach them about feminism. Like as soon as they <laughs> pop out, you know, like but bring like, them really, to me. Though. Yeah, but like really. <laughs> I mean, like it, it, I, I feel like yeah, that, those are. I don't conversations think you can ever have, start yeah. too yeah. long, you, too young, yeah. and trying to teach kids on how to treat other people yeah. properly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, and you know, just make contraception available and abortions readily available. Like, if people don't want to have kids, then those are the kids that are going to be like. The unwanted, you know, and who knows what that means to them. And it's just like, it's a fucking mess. And again, it gets touted as this, like, you know, we care about the unborn. Like, no, the fuck you don't. Fucking... You really don't. Because if you care, then, you know, build up those social systems to to help people. Like, that's what government's for, I feel like. And and if not, then I don't know. Sometimes I, like, talk to certain people or, I like, I, maybe I just, like, argue with myself in my head. And I'm like, maybe some people just don't give a fuck and that's the end of the argument. Like, I don't I know. Mean, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people right? like that. They're and I'm like, sure there's a lot of people, I think a lot of the 
thing is too is there's a lot of uh, older generations in power who still grew up and they're like, well, I, we had it fucking shitty, so you're gonna have it fucking shitty, yeah, and it's like yeah. dude, that's not a helpful like we're, right. yeah, like you're supposed to want to make it up, better. Go talk to people like that though that grew up in a system like that their whole lives. You know, as we're maybe our parents were teaching us about feminism mm-hmm. and how to treat people, what we think is the right way. The opposite is exactly those people like that have been like that. It's like I've. I've traveled, I've been in those places, I've had mm-hmm. conversations with people and trying to get over that hurdle yeah. of people who have been taught that way already is so hard unless yeah. they have personal experiences seeing it the other way. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just like, it's like, how do you trickle yeah. up in a sense to the people in power? It's like, it's so... Or if it's like a religious thing too, it's like mm-hmm. you can't really break that barrier but that, down. But that's where I think where yeah. you're talking about community yeah. and like, like we were saying, like kids have all this access to information and there's this whole, like we hear the news and it happens instantly. It's this whole giant problem. And I think people have forgotten that people are around us are the ones who solve the problems. Right. Like we can sit here and yell at our governors and our senators all day about X, Y, Z issue. Yeah. But until we take the streets or get in our community involvement more and do something about it. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> I so our up. age group loves to sit around and just talk about doing things. So with. I, one of like the things that I kind of struggle with is like getting to know the people in government and, you know, on like a, a smaller scale, right? Like my neighborhood has a city council. And then I looked into like who was running for mayor of Los Angeles. Cause like, it was one of those things where it's like, obviously Garcetti's going to win, you know? So nobody really gave a fuck or whatever, but I was like, who else is running it is great, crazy people, crazy people. Like I just, I feel like you can start like learning about those people when they're running for city council, because eventually that's, they just move up the ranks of like running for a higher position in office. So I felt, I mean, I definitely, I need to do a better job at that. And it's really confusing to me. And I'm like, when are all these elections happening? I don't understand. I don't know. Shit. I I like, I think (laughs) I've literally, I've registered to vote here like multiple times. because Like, did I miss it again? Yeah. Because I'm so paranoid. Like, cause uh, I didn't get to vote in this election because I thought I, I had fucking uh, registered when oh, I went to the DMV. One of those. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm excited. When I went to the DMV, I was like, please register me to vote. And then like, I like uh, went to go check online, like, w- and, like to go figure out when to vote. And it was like, you're not registered. And I was like, what the fuck? I checked a box. Didn't that yeah. make it work? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, also paying attention. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's complicated and like, I don't mean is. to blame whatever, but like, I, I mean, I felt like I've had to supplement so many things since graduating from school. Like, did I just not pay attention or do you motherfuckers not say anything about this? Yeah, I know, you know. That's what I want to know. I was like, how yeah. God, cause like I, I, I can't, I guarantee you, me in high school, if there was a class on, like, local government, I would have been like, whatever. What is that? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> like, like yeah. it won't matter to me at all. So I don't, like... But it's, like, what's uh, crazy is that, you know, we bought a house in, in the Valley in 2015, so I feel more, like, entitled to be like, what is going on in my yeah, neighborhood, goddammit? Yeah. And, you know, interestingly, like, there's a huge homelessness problem, you know, and I want to be involved on that front because a lot of what I see on, there's this app called Nextdoor, and mm-hmm. it's like, you can, yeah, like, it's a cool, like, neighborhood app, you know? You I can am s- on that app, yeah. You could see what all the old people are complaining about. Yeah, it's um, mostly people, like, being like, does anyone want these kittens? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Mine is like, what is this dispensary opening down? <laughs> oh, God. Shut it down, what are you they know. Dispensing? But um, yeah, so it's like, 
I mean, there are people that are like getting really involved in making those decisions mm-hmm. and certain things. It's like, I wouldn't want to happen. And I, I care about where they're sweeping the homeless people to. Cause yeah, it's like, cause are you just moving them to a poorer neighborhood? Because that's bullshit. You yeah, know, which is, oh, which is exactly what they're doing. They yeah. don't, there isn't just enough resources. There aren't enough like mm-hmm. places to put them or things to deal with them. So it's literally like, Hey, we it's got like, investors coming in this city. You got to get the fuck out, you know? Yeah. It's um, crazy. But it's like, again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you can be more involved and it, it is easier than it was before. I have this app now. They always tell me when the city council meetings are all that good stuff. Yeah. You can Google all these crazy motherfuckers running for office, <laughs> <laughs> like the ones that have no chance, but you're like, did you pay $800 to register this crazy ass campaign Wait, video? It only costs $800. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's some like amount that's not <laughs> a little bit. Uh, no, I think I, 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 there was a DJ running. No fucking yes, way. Yes, there was. Oh. And, like, it's weird because they have to, like, list them. Yeah. Like, you know, and I don't know. Like, again, it's not an it. insignificant amount of money that they have to no. raise where it's like, did you just do this well, as a joke? We should for sure <laughs> have we should for sure have DJs that are more political because <laughs> yeah. it is such a fucking joke. Like, Gary Richards from everybody, life, mayor of L.A. Well, not only that, but just, like, saying it. all these. I remember, like, I would uh, sometimes I see, like. One guy that I like that's really vocal is like this DJ must die. He'll like be like this issue's fucking fucked up, and like some fans yeah. will tweet back at him and be like, "Stick to fucking DJing, bro. Yeah. Shut your mouth, like I'm going." And then he's just like, "Cool, fuck off. Yeah, like I you mean, don't need to be a fan anymore." If like, you want to talk about dance music <laughs> and especially the leaders on the artist side being complete wusses about talking about anything political, yeah, or heated yeah. for the most part, there are are especially dance music could take a huge the Which, whole artist side of the industry music in general could step up to the plate because they kind of we our industry dropped the ball oh what do you think of like punk rock it like fucking fell off like everybody forgets that yeah. punk rock was like everyone's like yeah dude the remotes were tight fucking sex pistols was, were sick the clash is good like imagine like you being like hey can you guys stop talking about the problems right now like I, I, shut up and play the guitar yeah yeah like jesus <laughs> the like, fuck? They, those bands would not have existed like um yeah i don't know like i've definitely asked i think either through like icon or whatever i've definitely like tried to get a pulse on like do you feel like artists have a responsibility to talk about the issues and whatever. And I feel like a lot of people's responses are like, no, if you want to do that, great. If not, if you want to ignore it and just, and like, I'm definitely part of the, the group that I, like, I respect that. Yeah. yeah. Like if you, again, some people don't give a fuck and you just sure. got to leave it at that, I guess. But, um, yeah. if you have a platform I, and my response to that is always like, well, okay, then, then that's a fine relationship. Cause I don't have to fucking support your music. Yeah. I get to do my thing. You get to do your thing. Totally. And I could think you're an asshole. You think I'm an asshole and we could live our lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think like if you have a platform, use it, use it for something. Yeah. So, don't you want to like, I can't, you know, if you're getting all of these blessings, not to take it in a religious sense, but like if you're getting all these, this good energy and whatever, and you see so much fucked up shit in the world, absolutely. like you're just going to be like, I think I'll just buy another car. Like, yeah, great. Like, exactly. And that's more of my point is like, you know, I totally respect the, like, I don't want to, Alienate my fan base, da da da. It's right. not my view, whatever. Who the fuck are you going to alienate it's, by being a decent human being? Yeah, I don't know. Telling, That's my telling your fan base to get out and vote. Yeah. I mean, come on, how fucking hard is that? No, I mean, like, I, I think you kind of take on a responsibility a little bit. Like when you're like, I want to be somebody that's in the spotlight most of the time. Right. Okay, 
well, you are. What are you going to say? Like, yeah. It's, you know, something I say to young artists and artists in general is like, I'm like, I'm almost jealous of your platform sometimes. You yeah. could literally get up there. Mm-hmm. Say you're, like, you're a top tier artist. You're playing for 10,000 people. You could literally mm-hmm. get up there and say whatever the fuck you want. And you know it's going to be on the news. Whether right, they like right. it or not. Yeah. You're sending a message and people are going to hear it. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be the fear of like it, being but, like crucified by true. the mob, you know? And I, I get yeah. that. Like, I, I definitely, I feel that sometimes where I'm like, writing something and I'm like well maybe nobody gives a fuck or maybe like I don't know my fear is like a comment that's like you're wrong as fuck you know and I'm like oh shit like maybe I am and I literally like had to like talk to my husband about this like where I was like I don't know like I feel like I've creatively like blocked because I I know there's so much to say about what's going on but I feel like I don't I don't know what I want to say yet. And mm-hmm. and he was kind of like, dude, your opinion can change and you can grow and you can be honest about that. And if it's honest, who gives a fuck? You know, mm-hmm. like that's what it is. And well, I don't know. And I think I think part of it too is like people gotta realize like uh, like it's okay to like have an opinion and then realize like it's wrong. Right. And you're like, right. holy shit, I'm learning. Totally. Yeah, because totally. that's what it fucking is. Yeah. Like, like, remember when everybody in fucking, like, high school would call everybody gay and fag all the time? <laughs> yeah. We all were like, oh, yeah, you, yeah, should not do that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. so. And yeah, it is the empathy. It's like, that hurts yeah. somebody somewhere. And that, you know, gay people have been, you know, targeted yeah. by, um, like, a lot, you know, a lot has kind of happened to that community. And it's, they're still trying to gain the respect that they deserve as human beings. Yeah. So maybe don't add insult to injury. You yeah. Know? No, totally. And then, the, um, like, I don't know. It's just like, guys, don't stop looking at girls like a thing you're supposed to get. Like, that's so weird. Like. Yeah. Like, like, I remember there was this one time I was at, I was at uh, a nightclub in Hollywood. And somehow we ended up at this, like, guy's table. And I don't fucking even know how. Uh, I was probably with, like, Garrett or something. But we were, like, running around and. This, like, dude I didn't even fucking know was like, here's a drink. I was like, oh, thanks, man. And then he put his arm around me, and he, like, points to the crowd, and he goes, look at all those girls out there. You could have anyone you want. Which one do you want? Let's go. And I was like, I'm just going to fucking stay here, because <laughs> that, I know, is not how it works at Good all. for you. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck, but. Uh. Yeah, I mean, start undoing that, like, idea that women are, like, ice cream flavors, you know? They're fucking people, and. Yeah. And. You suck. You fucking suck. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. hopefully, I think it just takes, like, a. you just have to care th- about how your actions might ripple outwards. And, you know, granted, you don't have to care about that. If you don't mm-hmm. care about that, that's fine. And you can, you, you're the one who has to, like, sleep at night with your brand and your ideologies or whatever it is that you put out there or, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah. and then in, in that case, I'm kind of like, just then don't. Like, I feel like it's those people that are usually, like, very curious and ask questions and kind of troll. Yeah. In my head, it's like, dude, if you don't give a fuck, then just get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. You do your thing and leave it to the, you know. um, Yeah. To people who give a fuck, I guess. Yeah. Well, to start wrapping this up, um, will you tell me? uh, Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Will you tell me uh, all the answers I need to know to everything in life? Uh, No. When I have them, I will tell them to you. I'll come back. (laughs) We need you back. Um, okay. Uh, what would uh, what would be like uh, a piece of advice you would have given like no. like eighteen year old Sarah? Ooh. Or twenty one year old Sarah? All right. Okay. Okay. Which do I pick one? Both? Yeah, you can do that. Okay. Well. Uh, man, what was I like at eighteen? I don't know. Oh I think that like 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I would like go back and, and do anything different. I think everything really happened the way it was meant to happen. That's just stupid non-answer, mm -hmm. but like, like that it really yeah. like fit to like, I needed all of that shit to happen for me to feel like I knew how to figure out who I am and what I believe in and, mm -hmm. and what's important to me. So all of those things were important, but I do have like younger female cousins and, and, you know, my advice to them is always like, trust your gut and hone that voice, you know, like trust your instincts and they're usually right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard to do even now. It's hard for me to do because I feel like a lot of different people in my life want me to be different things or, you know, my parents' expectations or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like getting stronger. And we talk about this at Icon a lot, like in trusting yourself um, ha has been like the most valuable thing to me because when I did do that, even when like the rational part of me was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, it was like, no, I feel like I got to do this. Mm -hmm. It was like the world opened up for me after that, you know, after those choices where I really just listened to my gut, you know, and, and went for it, even though I was like afraid or whatever, you know, and it all worked out, you know, in either immediately or afterwards, it all kind of came together. So trust yourself and, and be good to yourself, you know, be nice to yourself, like be nice to yeah. your body, be nice to your mind. Um, and, and yeah, and we're all kind of like struggling to, to get by. And so not everybody, which is something I'm trying to like practice is like, not everybody who maybe like offends you is, is out to offend you. Like everybody's trying to figure their shit out and trying to figure out their own pain and their own like battle. So mm -hmm. kind of like having compassion and just like focusing on being a better person and, and realizing you there's, that's all you can do. You know, you could just try to be better every day and, and let the world kind of happen. Yeah. Bam. I love it. Perfect. Uh, do you do you have uh, do you have any events coming up? Anything I already to plug? said Bam. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. Come to Bam. Uh. Um, the only thing I have to plug is that I am working hard to organize another tattoo fundraiser for February. Um, we're mm. obviously focusing on Southern California, but um, anyone from anywhere, if you have your favorite tattoo shop and you're like, I would love if this tattoo shop participated, you can send me their info. I will more than happily call them and advocate for the cause and tell them that their clients are requesting that they participate. So that would be great. Um, the more, the merrier. And we're really trying to beat our, uh, funds raised from last year, from earlier this year. So that's it. Sick. Thank you. Love it. Thank you for coming. Oh my God. Anytime. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>